Good morning. I'm Zachary Royal. And I'm Vincent Russo. This is the Royal Podcast Production, going live from Fairclair, New Jersey. And today, we'll be analyzing the book, Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, by Mildred D. Taylor. They come down like ghosts that Christmas of 76. Then was hard times like now, and my family was living in Shantytown, right outside of Shreveport. Reconstruction was just about over then, and them northern soldiers was tired of being in the south, and they didn't hardly care about no black folks in Shantytown. And them southern whites, well, they was tired of northern soldiers and free Negroes, and they was trying to turn things back around to how they used to be. And the colored folks, well, we was just tired. Weren't hardly any work. And during them years, I suppose, it was just about as hard as it was being free as it was being a slave. End quote, Mr. Morrison. It was not easy to be a black person during the 1800s. Throughout Reconstruction, there was much discrimination towards blacks. Although, as Mr. Morrison said, it was just as hard being free as it was being a slave. When it came to slavery through these times, black people had an extremely tough time. There's no doubting that. But as we progressed after slavery, it's not like things got better quickly. Things like racism, segregation, and discrimination were still prominent in the 18 and 1900s. It's kind of like trying to go back to work after you're already fired. In a sense, you're free, but it's harder because you have to find somewhere else to go or else you die. For freed slaves, it's a bit more literal in that sense. I mean, no matter how hard you try to make a better life, there's always something that holds you back. Here within the analogy, it's income that's holding you back. But in the time of the late 1800s, it was the treatment from the whites that prevented the blacks from developing mentally within their ways of life. In this book, the main character, Cassie, struggles to adjust to her life in Mississippi. She experiences the horrors of prejudice in her community. And as the book progresses, her and her friends are messed with by white people, but they don't know how to respond. Then, towards the end, we see that chaos breaks out on top of all the things that Cassie is going through. A fire in the cotton field and a fight with the nightman causes trouble within Cassie's whole family. Now, as we look into the book itself, it starts off with discrimination. This is one of the main subjects within the book, and it seems to be apparent in all the affairs with white people. For example, one major thing that happened was the bus hazing. The bus hazing showed extreme measures of discrimination. The whites were humiliating Cassie and her friends because they were walking to school. They thought that they were superior to Cassie and her friends because they weren't given the opportunity to ride the bus. You call that bus hazing discrimination? I think it's less discrimination, more so acts of contempt toward the black people. Discrimination, in my opinion, would involve things like not being able to have a bus, which they cannot in this novel. That makes sense. I guess you're focusing on the fact that discrimination is not providing equal rights or goods just because of their color of skin. While I think contempt is probably a better word because it means to consider someone or something to be unworthy of getting respect. In this case, we see that Cassie is receiving zero respect from the whites on the bus. 
But at the end of the day, I suppose it doesn't matter what word you use. Racism, contempt, discrimination, hatred, superiority or inferiority, it's all the same. There's just different ways to use them in an argument. However, you can use all of them in an argument when talking about problems black people had, especially with these whites. Yeah, I mean, all of them were really present within the book, but let's discuss superiority. Within the books, the whites were constantly making Cassie and her friend feel less than. How do you think this affected Cassie and her friend's view of themselves? Well, it obviously isn't going to make them feel good. No one of any race, age, nationality, ethnicity, etc. wants to feel inferior, especially at this time. The interesting thing about superiority is how it can be true, but it can also be opinionated in a sense. For example, if we're really getting technical, a wolf is somewhat superior to a bunny rabbit, right? It's bigger and can kill and eat it with minimal effort. But humans alike are more times than not more alike than they are different. And in this case, superiority can often be opinionated when it comes to whites and blacks. Of course. I mean, Cassie and her friends didn't really show their emotion to anybody. They could have gotten hurt inside, but I think they stayed strong on the outside. To be able to withstand being treated like that and stay humble at a young age, maybe they were trying to prove a point. What point exactly? That they weren't going to give in and that they weren't going to tolerate everything the whites were throwing at them? Exactly. The nightmen always thought they were superior to families like Mr. Morrison's. The kids, along with their parents, weren't really scared of them because they knew that even if the nightmen's mindset thought they were less than, they wouldn't let that hurt them. As much as I enjoy and agree with that sentiment, I don't think that's necessarily up to them. They can't just go up to a nightman and say, I won't let you hurt me, and expect not to get hurt. And if, if they did fight, it wouldn't make things better at all. That's true. Uh, when you say, I won't let you hurt me, I don't think that's exactly true either. When a white man approaches someone they think they're superior to, obviously people like Cassie aren't going to respond in that way because they know the consequences. I mean, if it's the other way around and a white man did something wrong to a black man, it would be a completely different story. Yeah, that's true. And it sucks that they had to go through something like that. It was bad enough that they were treated poorly, but to have no help in many situations is even worse. The strange thing about that is the common belief that blacks were always in the wrong. And if a cop slash lead detective or sheriff believed this, law enforcement was always in favor of the white man and seldom the black man. That hasn't even changed. Today we see that in society. I think it was important for black people to teach their kids about this during this time. Cassie's mom and Big Ma taught Cassie this from pages 125 to 130. One very touching quote that I saw was when Cassie's mom said, quote, baby, we've had no choice of what color we were born or who our parents are or whether we're rich or poor. What we do have is some choice over what we make of our lives once we are here. It's great to teach her this lesson before she would experience the troubles of the real world. She will, and she does. Teaching your young that you're going to need to fend for yourself is extremely important, not only against danger, but in situations where people will target your character, or race, in this case. For example, at the end of the book, TJ got up, beat up, since he was accused of the robbery, which was not the case. 
he was accused of something that he didn't do, and this caused unnecessary conflict that wouldn't have happened in the first place. He was a fall guy who couldn't defend himself from the horrors of such treatment, and in the end, it was because of this that caused his death. Can I also say that the end was a huge mess? There was a fire in the cotton field and a fight within the house, and there isn't a decent amount of closure as to what will happen to the family. It was very quick, and I think that the author could have extended the main scene so the readers could have gotten a better grasp on what happens in the end. I agree. It kind of felt like the book wasn't complete in a sense. I don't know if it was because it was so brief, or just because we didn't get context after the main scenes. But now that we understand what happened in the book, what do you think the main message the author was trying to tell us? I think the author is trying to say that things aren't always going to work out in life, and if they don't, perseverance is key in getting out of whatever troubles you're having. For example, if you're a black person in the 18 and 1900s, facing prejudice from many whites. That's definitely one of them, but I think there are multiple. You could also say that the author was trying to show us the importance of staying with your family and to have respect for yourself and others. Yes, that's true, but the respect is kind of forced in this novel since most of it had to do with whites who were adults who could also do away with the farm just because they could and it's what they wanted to do to terrorize the black people. Yeah, I mean, in the end... The book was very moving, and it had many different topics that are important for our past, and we have to learn from these. Yeah, and it's important that we do learn from them, because we will probably see situations in life when we are being targeted for our certain qualities, or others, like friends or colleagues, will be targeted for such things, and, well, generally, we're going to want to defend them. It's definitely important. As Rafiki says, you can either run from your past or you can learn from it, which was key for Cassie. Yes, we must all learn from our past experiences to deal with the troubles of the real world, as that is one of the many guarantees of life. Thank you for listening and have a good day.